Welcome to Chapel at Calvin University, where we grow to love God and love people. I'm your host, Paul Ryan, worship pastor at Calvin University. Today in Chapel, Pastor Mary Holst continues her series on the I Am Statements of Jesus. She preaches on John 14, 1 through 7, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Pastor Mary asks, what does Jesus mean when he says that he is the way? And how does that help us when we are uncertain about what to do? Let's listen together. But the first two verses of the text that was chosen also months ago for this day are this. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. And so, in that spirit, I invite you to open your Bibles to John 14. John 14, this is page 877 in the Pew Bibles. John 14, verses 1 through 7, if you're looking at a Bible app. This is what Jesus says, 14 through 7. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Aren't we grateful for Thomas? Jesus is talking here about, I'm going this way and I'm going to do these things and you know the place where I'm going. No, they don't. Is it Nazareth? Is it, is it Bethlehem? Is he going back to Galilee? They don't. And so Thomas raises a hand and says, um, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Could we have a few more specifics, Jesus, a few more details? Could you, could you maybe write it down for us? We don't know what you're up to, and we would like some more information. And we get that, don't we? As a community, we are all feeling the disruption of Monday's announcement. We don't know what you're up to here, Jesus, and we would like some more information. How will this affect enrollment? Will the interim president and the next president care about the things that I care about? We have budget numbers and building projects and hopes for growth, but how hopeful should we be exactly? Jesus, we'd like a few more details. We'd like some more information. Where exactly are we going? And this doesn't just apply to our community. It applies to our personal lives. 
Maybe you went to the career fair last week and it went okay, but you still don't know where you're going to be this summer. And what happens if you get a lot of offers for internships and what happens if you don't get any at all? Could you, could you give me some specifics, Jesus? Could you, could you text me? Maybe you're waiting on grad school and you have kind of these ideas mapped out. Well, if I get in here, then this and this and this. And if I get in here, then this and this. But if I don't get in anywhere, then... Ugh. Jesus, could you, could you just let me know? Because I'm kind of going crazy. Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? It is such a good question. And I really wish the answer were a little more helpful. I mean, it's rich, it's deep, doesn't seem very practical, doesn't appear to help us to know the future of a university or how to choose an internship or where we're going to grad school. It doesn't tell us if the chemo will work or if tutoring is going to help us pass calculus or if we'll land the job. The answer Jesus gives doesn't seem to be detailed or specific. So what is it then? If we assume that Jesus is not trying to be obtuse, if he's actually trying to be helpful, if he is kind and he wants our good, then what is happening with this answer? Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. What is Jesus saying here? He's telling his disciples, this is not a way to go. This is a way to be. This is not a way to go. This is a way to be. This is a way to live. This is a way to love. This is a way to serve. It's all the things I've taught you, disciples, in the years we've been together. Loving your enemies. Praying for those who persecute you. Hanging out with Samaritans and Pharisees and sinners and centurions. It's living mercy and loving kindness. It's not a way to go. It's a way to be. Because if you're living this way, you're living truth and you will have life. If you're living this way, you're demonstrating your love and commitment to me. If you live this way, you point others to God, the Father who loves them. Live the way, live the truth, live the life. That's why Jesus says the only way to the Father is through me. The Father is holy and righteous, and Jesus wants people to get to the Father. Let's be clear about that. He wants people to get to the Father. So not only does he give his life so that anyone can have access to a holy God, he also shows his disciples how to live in such a way that they point people to the Father. Live the way that I have shown you to live. And the disciples went on to do exactly that. After Jesus ascended into heaven, they lived the way. They cared for the poor and healed the sick, and preached good news. They loved their enemies and prayed for those who trolled them. They sang in prison and sold their land and gave it to the church and fed widows and took care of orphans. 
They lived the way. They lived the truth. They lived the life. Now it's our turn. It can be tempting in a time of crisis to speculate and gossip. It can be tempting to wonder what really happened. And if I really knew what really happened, that would probably help me deal with this whole situation better. If I just had more information, surely it wouldn't. I know maybe a smidge more than most of you, and it's not really helping me. And the people who know more than I do, they, it's not like they're running around with sunshine and rainbows. More information doesn't help us. It's tempting to think that it would. It's tempting to wonder what really happened. It's tempting to wonder about process and procedures. It's tempting to make light of it on Calvin Confessions. But the way of Jesus is the way of tenderness and mercy. It's the way of kindness and grace. It's remembering that there are very real people who are very hurt in the middle of all of this, and we are invited to pray for them. This is not a way to go, friend. This is a way we get to be. So when we wonder about details or worry about enrollment, when we hate, wait to hear about internships or graduate schools, we're invited to live the way right now, today, you know what to do. Forgive someone. Pray for an enemy. Learn someone's name. Buy someone coffee. Do not worry. But seek first the kingdom of God. The way we deal with uncertainty, the way we respond to the unexpected, the way we walk through seasons of pain or celebrate times of joy, the way we gather with others to worship and pray, the way we give up grudges and let go of worry, this is the way of the Lord. This is the way of Jesus. This is the way to surrender and peace to doing the next right thing. And this is why Jesus can say to us, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus invites us to place our trust in him, not in people, not in institutions, but in Christ alone. For he is the way and the truth and the life, and he has shown us how to live in this moment right here. Blessed be his holy name. Amen. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we are so grateful for this word. We want to ask for forgiveness if we have been flippant with the events of the last couple of days, for ways we have responded that have been 
neither full of grace nor truth, but really all about us. Thank you that you call us again to do the things you've shown us how to do. And so today we pray. We pray for the person who filed the complaint. We pray for the board of trustees who took the complaint seriously even though they knew what it could mean. We pray that we are a community that rallies in times of crisis. And we pray for the Boers. Surround them with your tenderness. And we pray for us, that as we go out of here today, Holy Spirit, you will call out the best in us. You will call out the Jesus in us so that we will turn away from gospel and turn toward prayer. We will turn away from speculation and turn toward trust. We will turn away from anyone and turn toward you. And as we gather for worship again tonight and gather to pray tomorrow, we pray that these are spaces where we are reminded of all that we have in common, all that unites us. You, you are the one who holds us together. And we pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. In body or in spirit, to receive the blessing of the God who loves you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to Chapel at Calvin University. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to follow us and share this episode with a friend. Until next week, in the power of the Spirit, Love God and love people.